Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster. And Real Life Moms is a podcast that's all about parents having real conversations, sharing resources, and telling their inspiring stories. Our mission is to connect moms by talking about these topics that parents deal with every day and to continue these conversations in our Real Life Moms Facebook group, where we would love for you to become part of our community. This week, I invited Melissa Wallach, who is a mother, wife, licensed speech language cognitive therapist, speaker, and coach. She is an advocate for cultivating alignment, well-being, and presence with intentional living. And today we're going to discuss nourish and the power of saying no, taking ownership and learning what depletes us and what fills us. Welcome, Melissa, to Real Life Moms. And today we're going to dissect the word nourish, which I think is really important, especially for parents, because when we are depleted, we are not parenting from a really healthy place. And truly, we're just not our best selves. So Melissa, tell us a little bit about you and your background. I am a trained speech language cognitive therapist, and I've worked in that realm for 25 years. But for the past 10 years, I've really been helping people in a more coaching realm as far as mindset, really increasing fulfillment and focus and confidence. And one of my most passionate areas that I really enjoy is for people to be able to honor their energy and time and speak up for themselves to take Mm. up more space right and that is kind of where nourish even came from this framework that I've created that I know we'll talk about a little bit today but you know I feel like we can get so caught up in things, especially as parents, and we sort of lose our passions or finding our heck yeah, or Mm -hmm. our hobbies, right? Because our children become our hobbies. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. (laughs) And so there's a combination. One is a parent, you know, would I, I'd love to support people and really making the most of their time because We can print out more money as the United States is prone to do, but we can't create more time. Oh, I love that so much. I know I read somewhere that you have like a new passion called the Nourish Project. What what is that? So the Nourish Project was born from, you know, this 25 years of watching clients and caregivers and parents really being so prone to burning out. Because there is a myth, and this myth bugs me. People will talk about you can't give from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. I say liars. Ooh, (laughs) liars. Okay. What parent has not given from an empty cup? What parent has not dug a hole into the bottom of the cup, Mm. (laughs) dug deep, and made things happen? So true. I've never thought, because I think I'm one of those people who are like, got to fill your cup first before you can fill others. Well, it's, that is this just the sustainable, healthy way. Okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Replenish your, fill the cup, recharge your batteries and give from that place of overflow. Give Mm -hmm. from that place of extra. Because then you're giving from a place of like, I am grounded and not only am I resilient, but I'm resourced. But you and I know there are 
so many times where we're giving from the empty cup. So to say that it's not possible really is very misleading. Okay. So what you're saying that it's misleading that to say it's not possible, but it's not actually a healthy place. You're not like recommending that, right? Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. And so the, the root meaning and word to nourish is cherish. Hmm. Right. And so when we think about, wow, we have this one life, we have energy and time and cherishing and honoring that, that's really powerful and a mindset shift, right? Even as a parent, like, oh, my time and energy are more valuable than money. And so nourish actually encompasses a lot of different pieces. It's an acronym, actually. Yeah. Can you share some of that? So I'll share some and then yeah. <laughs> a book. And so I don't want to give it all away. Yet. Right. Okay. So we'll, we'll share some. And then maybe after we share and discuss, we'll also talk about that book because I know that, that it is coming out. Yes. So the, but it starts, so it is an acronym and a framework that I take people through in individual sessions and also group Mm. which is so fun, right? To, to focus on these different facets. And the first one in is no. Mm, I love no. No, I don't use it. Right. I mean, I love that you said no, because it's such a word that like, I don't, I don't think we use enough. Right. You know, what I've found in with parents, with moms, with in groups, I found that a lot of people, the word no brings up a lot of discomfort. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about no. So when we think of no, right, it makes me think of the newer parenting, like don't child tell your child no all the time, right? And so no gets this bad rap. And really, I see no as an invitation for spaciousness right? It's an invitation to pause and check in and discern if you want to commit to something or not. And I use that committing because parents are asked to do a lot, right? Can you volunteer? Can you bring cookies? Can you coach? Can you do a reading group? And so we get these questions often. And and there's a lot of external pressure to say yes. And it's so important that we're saying yes, when we can be present, volunteering, coaching. And so when looking at no, I just really see it as like, okay, let's create this spaciousness and this buffer. Mm -hmm. Really look at things before we say yes. So we want to say yes to the things that feel impactful and meaningful and fulfilling and not be juggling and rushing because that's so stressful on our body and our brain. And it takes a huge toll over time. Yeah. And I'm listening to this and the juggling gets in my head. I feel like I used to be a yes woman for most like those things. I'd say yes. And then I think of a hundred ways to get out of it after. Right. But I've learned, I think I turned 50 and I think 50 really is a changing point for me because I can say no easily now (laughs) with no problem, but here's the catch. And I don't know where it fits in here, but um, there's guilt 
there's guilt. So simple scenario, even last night, my daughter and I are into this TV series. Now I come home from work, totally tired already, but have like a hundred things to still do. And I really wanted to work out as well. And I was like, I said, no, I was like, no, we can't watch it together. But I know she was upset. She had a bad day. And I was like, I felt so much guilt, right? So what do I do? My no becomes a yes. And like three hours later, because we watched like three episodes, I'm, you know, have finished watching this whole series with her and still need to do all the things I didn't do. Right. So, and I find that like a lot of times I'll say no and I mean it and it's great, but then I feel guilty. Even if I stick with my no, like, no, I'm not going to go do this or go there. Um, then I feel guilty. Just like this guilt with it. You know, and I'm so glad that you mentioned this because so many emotions can come up around this, right? Mm -hmm. There can be the guilt, the shame, or if we say yes, then we can, when we really meant no, resentment Mm -hmm. and frustration Mm -hmm. and irritation. And so when we've got that no, that's why I like a pause right? Mm -hmm. Creating a little space and checking in, checking in on your body, really being able to trust, right? And go, wow, that feels super heavy. Or let me look at my calendar. Let me look at my to-do list. It really doesn't fit. So that way you can really have a stronger, confident, empowered no, Mm -hmm. right? Because you have all the reasons why no is the right way to go. (laughs) Right. Yeah. little confidence then, behind no. Yes, right? Like I've really checked in. It's mm-hmm. a no. But also then following up because there is many people will do the backtrack, especially women, but men will too, right? This backtrack, they'll say no, but the guilt comes in mm-hmm. and then they do the backstop and they'll go, okay, right? But yeah, let's go ahead and do it. I think it's really important to clearly communicate. No, I don't have the time or energy tonight. Let's do it tomorrow night, right? To be very clear, right? How do I feel? What do I need? And then give a request. Yeah, I like that request thing. I think that would have helped because then there's no guilt. Like I would have said, no, like I have too much to do tonight, but I can do it on whatever day, right? So then everybody knows that it'll still happen. We'll still have that together time in that TV scenario. But yeah, I would probably have felt less guilty, honestly. Right, because you don't feel like you've left them hanging or disappointed Mm -hmm. them. You being able to assess what's the reality of this and do I really have the capacity, the bandwidth, right? Do I have the space in the calendar? What what is a priority? And I think guilt comes in when we are like, oh, I really do want to hang with my daughter on the couch and have this time, right? One day she's going to go to college and I'm going to miss this. We create these scenarios and stories in our head. And, right, it's like, well, I need to go back to what I feel what I want and what I need mm-hmm. and what time and energy are available and, and create alignment, right? Is a parent, I think it's easy to get out of alignment, which leads to us feeling overextended or depleted or tired. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get a lot of commitments and requests thrown at us. Mm-hmm. And so being able to discern 
yes, this is something that I really want to do, or no, this is something that I could delegate to someone else, or can say, no, no, thanks, and mic drop, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. have anything else, or just say, like, no, I'm not available this time. Yeah. Well, what I have done lately that's been super helpful is allowing myself not to have an excuse. Yes. So if I say no, because you always like, no, I can't because of blah, 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 right? But like, why do we always have to say the blah, blah, blah? Like, why can't we just say, no, I can't, you know, or just no, <laughs> you know? So I, I've stopped having excuses. Mine's just more like a, yeah, no. Well, and I, some people would call it excuses. Some people would say it's a justification. Mm-hmm. That's so, a better way. Yeah. Or a reason because mm-hmm. it's proving that we care and mm-hmm. it's it's also you know we don't want to feel lazy and we don't want to let people down mm-hmm. and we don't want to be a team you know oh I don't look like I'm a team player right and in reality it's I'm honoring my time and my energy right mm-hmm. like I'm keeping it very simple and clear and it's practice saying no without apology justification reasoning or excuses is a practice and coming up with just one phrase, right? That's why it was so easy for me to say, no, I'm not available that time uh, because that's one of mine. So having (laughs) phrases that you can just use as an automatic, no, I'm just not available. You know, just having them at your tip of your tongue when those situations come up. So do you have people like write these phrases out so that they know them ahead of time? Yes, I do. I have had people write them down on note cards. I even create because then you can carry it like in your wallet or your purse. (laughs) You can hand them out as card. No, (laughs) like instead of business cards. No, I'm not available. No, not this time. (laughs) No, thank you. And I'll tell you, even though I even created a boundary setting guide Mm. where I've listed these things out for different situations for people, a free guide to give to people, which my clients have loved. And it's still like, you're going to get some emotional pushback at times, Mm -hmm. especially if you haven't been a person who said no, Mm -hmm. right? People expect you to say yes, and it throws them off. So to own what is really a no And what's really a yes. And when you haven't necessarily been doing that in a consistent manner before, this can happen with your children, your partner, your colleagues, your friends, it'll throw them off a little bit. So is, is the own the actual, the next letter, is that the O of this? So you cut that. Yes. And that's where I do. I mentioned, you know, when you said, oh, so tough because I'm having this internal debate with my daughter. Do I sit down and watch this with her? Do I work out and do the items on my to-do list? Right. That's why it can be powerful to also own how you're feeling, own what your plan was, be able to take that responsibility and invite an awareness. And, and once again, like you'll get the H and nourish is honor. So these all sort of all of the facets, 
will intertwine and weave together to make that beautiful, more meaningful, fulfilling tapestry where you feel nourished as you move through life. And so being able to say, I feel this, I need this, can we do this? Are you open to this? Is is so important. And I think ownership really comes through with our inspired action and our clear communication. So can you give an example of the ownership piece? Yes. So I was working with a client and she was going on a trip and she was mm-hmm. trying to decide, what am I going to do here? You know, I'm the mom. I end up being the person who cooks and cleans and does all the dishes. And then I'm exhausted and I don't have the energy to mm-hmm. then go and do the fun things. And he said, well, it's time to uh, he like, recognize how much energy do you have? And she mm-hmm. said, really, I could do about an hour of kitchen work a day, but that's it. I don't want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. This is where the no and the owning come in, right? So she could say, hey, you know what? I can do an hour. Who else is going to do this with me? Who else will step up? Because I have her, hell yes, heck yeah, right? want to go on that hike. Mm -hmm. But if I spend all of my energy and time feeling like I'm cooking and cleaning at every meal, I won't have it. And then I won't be able to enjoy myself. And so when I talk about owning, what also comes up with that, which comes back to honoring your time and energy is what feels like a nourishing deposit. What Mm -hmm. feels like a priority, but not just a priority because we can all own this. I am a productive procrastinator. And by that, I mean, I will, I can really stay busy, uh, you know, and, and when I get tired, all of a sudden I'm buying my daughter's new shoes, right? Like <laughs> I, I will find things to do mm-hmm. and creating, right? I can say, no, I see what you're doing right? You're, you're putting on your badge of busy. (laughs) We can take that off. You don't need to be doing this, right? Check in and own what it is that you do need. Mm -hmm. Oh, I need a nap, but I didn't want to feel lazy or, oh, it felt really indulgent to, to take this break. Or I know you've talked mm-hmm. about this, like a mental health day. I think you oh, yeah. talked about that in, in one of the podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking about how, why is it so easy to give to others and not to ourselves? And this is when we start really looking at what fills that cup up, right? Mm-hmm. Like bring it back around. And when you are aware and can own that and take responsibility for that, that keeps that cup filled up. I think I get a little lost because I feel like I get um, to a point of depletion. That's when I end up needing that like mental health day or I'll, you know, be on the couch and I'll, you know, get, get wrapped up into three hours of TV. Right. And then I'll be like, oh, my God, I should do this. I should do this. And then I'm like, oh, I could just give myself this day. But I almost feel like I'm at the point of depletion when that happens. And so that takes me back to I really do like to think of time and energy mm-hmm. as money and how we're spending it, because mm-hmm. if we are overspending, 
we will end up in depletion. We'll end up burning through our reserves. And that's when we do end up in that place where it's like, oh, I'm sneaking back to the pantry and eating some chocolate chips. Mm-hmm. That's not just me, but that's totally me. But <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone. You're not alone. Yeah, the energy <laughs> kick, right? Like, oh, I'm going to need some extra fuel. Or we do get sucked into social media or the good old Netflix just automatically moving to the next show. Like, we get tired and we oftentimes will get in that depleted space when we're not necessarily saying no to some things and we're saying yes to a lot of things that may not be as fulfilling. How do you figure out how to spend, like where to spend your energy? You know, how do you decide on this is the amount of energy I have and this is where I should be spending it. How do you make those different accounts, bank accounts, I guess? Well, I think first of all, it's really important to know, and I often do this with clients, what are your consistent withdrawals? Mm-hmm. So figuring out where a lot of your energy and time withdrawals come from, even taking a piece of paper and folding it in half and writing down, here are my withdrawals and here are my nourishing deposits. And then we can create a more alignment, right? Because Uh what happens is we'll create, we'll go, oh, I'm going to do all 10 of these things today. Did you, so if you write those down in your calendar, I'm Uh a huge fan of a paper pencil calendar, by the way. Me too. Okay. I had a feeling that we were on the same. (laughs) As I'm writing down right now. Yes. Yes. And really there's a neurological component to that. We remember things better. We process things better when we have more of our body involved, our eyes, our ears, our hands. We get the sounds of our pen on the paper. It just helps us process and encode the information in a deeper way than it does when we're swiping on our phone. But whether you use your phone calendar or a calendar calendar, you know, looking at your time, writing down what those priorities from that withdrawal or a brain dump list of to-dos has, and then making sure that in that same day, you have deposits. So that nourishing deposit list is extremely important. Should there be more deposits than withdrawals? Well, it would make sense. That's what I'm thinking, yes, it would if you think about money. Right. Um, Or let's at least balance to zero, you know, what, and Ariana Huffington talks about this all the time, right? Like looking at thrive time. And that's what I think our nourishing deposits support, right? We want to have that time that if we do need to dig deep, sometimes there is something big. We want to have the reserve and the savings account built up. So we could rise to the occasion and we might deplete our resources a bit, but knowing I have my nourishing deposits and I will get back to those as soon as possible. It's funny because as you're talking, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, it's usually the deposits that we skip, right? So like I'm running out of time in the morning. I usually meditate, but you know, I had to do all these other things and it's the meditation. I skip my deposit, right? Right. Because they're easier to throw out than some of the withdrawals that I feel like sometimes I don't have as much control of, but what you're saying is I really do. I just have to um, prioritize them, I guess. 
Yes, and that's why I think it's important to have a whole list of what those nourishing deposits are so that if it shifts and you're like, well, wait, shoot, I usually meditate for 20 to 30 minutes in the morning and I only have five, right? So, oh, well, I don't have time to meditate. It's like, well, wait a minute. Do you have five? Do you have five minutes? Or even I'll just put it, you know, like an acknowledgement here and take 10 breaths. Oh, I like that. Yes. Because what happens to Melissa is I think when we lose those deposits, I start to get stressed out about like wanting to do them. Like it becomes almost like a withdrawal because (laughs) as much as I wanted to meditate, it, it then becomes like stressful because I didn't do it, but I wanted to do it. And now I'm stressed at finding time to do it. And I think guilt comes in too. Uh, guilt. I have a guilt problem. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> right. But I have my PT one day we were talking about, you know, self-nourishing self-care practices. And she said this to me and it struck me and it's just what you're saying. I mean, I'm laying there getting PT. It's always great. And uh-huh. she said, there's a gap between knowing and wanting to do it and being able to implement it. And then in that gap that I fall into, she said, is a lot of shame and guilt because I know better. And I have enough shame and guilt. I don't need that. (laughs) I don't need that. We don't need to be shooting on ourselves. Oh, I should have gotten up earlier. So I could have meditated or, you know, we don't, we don't want to be doing that. That's not what this is about. This is about nourishing ourselves and going, okay, I don't have time for meditation this morning, but I do have time to put my hands on my heart and take five deep breaths. Right, right. I I love that. I love that. And I have to say, I do um, little things like that. Like when I fill up my water bottle, you know, those Nalgene like big bottles, right? (laughs) Um, When I fill those up, it's so annoying for me to fill it up from the dispenser in our um, fridge. And my husband always laughs because he hates it too. And I said, well, I started a new thing that as I'm filling my water bottle, I take 10 deep breaths as if it's like a meditation. Uh-huh. Um, and then it turns into a whole new project, you know, for me that it feels actually good after I finished filling up my water bottle. And if I've missed my meditation, now I can think about, oh, well, I also did my 10 deep breaths anyway. So yeah, so I love that switch and thought process because it doesn't have to maybe the deposit doesn't have to be exactly how it's planned and it can be flexible. Yes. And when we know those nourishing deposits and you know, even if we think of, I think you all have talked about love languages. Maybe you talked about love languages with Alexa mm-hmm. and Alan and honoring yeah. time and carving out time for each other. And, you know, we can think about what our love language is, mm-hmm. own it, right? So my love language is definitely words of affirmation and acts of service. Mm-hmm. Well, that's wonderful when my husband can remember that, but I know that. So own it. And why don't I do things Mm. coming from those places? So I can say something kind to myself when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. Mm -hmm. I can say, hey, good job remembering to make that dental appointment for my Mm -hmm. daughter, right? That I kept forgetting. I can give myself words of affirmation. And those are little tiny nourishing deposits, those little moments add up, 
right? They're almost like little investments, interest that compounds over time. You have to add things on the plate. Like you don't have to go for a five mile walk. You don't have to do all these things. It's going, what really does feel nourishing? And they can be these small bits. And Mm -hmm. and we can also, if we've said no to an early morning commitment, right? Create our non-negotiables. I've met people who don't plan things until a certain time. Like it's a hard no. My Mm. daughter had, you know, some testing done and it was really interesting with this practitioner. They said, oh, I don't start anything until 10. That gives me time to take care of my own children. That gives me time to not be stressed out with traffic. That gives me time to make sure I eat and that I come with the full cup so I can be present with my clients, with Mm. my children, with my family, right? And so if possible, I mean, I get that sometimes it can be a luxury or a privilege, but if possible, creating your calendar to front load Mm -hmm. (laughs) those deposits. Like I am a, I go for a walk every morning. It might be negative five degrees. It might, you know, every morning though, I go for a walk. Sometimes it's not as long when it's negative five degrees. <laughs> but that's one of my deposits and a really nice breakfast. Like those are two of my things. And before I get out of bed, I set intentions for the day. I have three deposits already in place, oftentimes before my family even gets up. <laughs> Yes, yes. I am an early morning person myself. Right. But- and if, if it, you need to do that at night, so you put those deposits in before you go to bed mm-hmm. so that you sleep better and then wake up feeling more energized, mm-hmm. that works too. Right. But this is where the knowing yourself, taking responsibility and ownership then can work with the what do we say yes and no to. So do you have like specific tips or strategies for parents to maybe make these lists or things to do so that they can be, you know, zero balancing? I think really sitting down and determining what your nourishing deposits are right now mm-hmm. is extremely important, right? Like it used to be that running was a deposit for me. Now it's not. <laughs> My body's changed. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's the walk. And sometimes we need to update, right? Mm. What that looks like. And so creating that list and having that available to you mm-hmm. and making sure that that's with your calendar or that you look at that when you do plan your day, I think mm-hmm. it's really valuable. And I love that you said update. That is something I think. I don't do, you know, I have my deposits or my think that these are my deposits. And, you know, as the body changes, (laughs) as life changes, some of those become stressful, actually, that they used to be a deposit, but actually now they stress me out because they're just so much harder to do. Um, So I love that. I love the update. That's why I think it's also really nice to, to focus on like, what are the priorities or impact items for today? And does that look 
like there is, am I creating some balance and alignment or is that really heavy with withdrawals today? And if so, then I need to make sure tomorrow has a few more nourishing deposits in it, right? And where may I need to say, no, I'm actually not going to be able to do that or, oh, I'm going to need to reschedule or cancel this. Mm-hmm. So instead of, I think the week starts and we can get really caught up in everything that we have planned and that we have to do. So really checking in, right. And making sure that we've written things down so we can go, Ooh, I overextended myself or, Oh, okay. You know, this looks, this looks like I I've got this and look, I've got a lunch with a friend or I've, I have time for, to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Right? So keeping that mindset in there of, okay, how am I honoring my time and energy? How am I filling the cup back up? And use your calendar as an assistant to support you and give you that visual feedback. Like if you look at that day and you go, oh my gosh, how am I even going to do that? That is so overwhelming just looking at it. And I really am a firm believer in creating buffer time, right? So create a little space for yourself, space to eat a snack, space for if there was traffic, space for don't look things so tightly. So say no to back-to-back scheduling. (laughs) Give yourself a little bit of a buffer because it feels so much more expansive and less stressful, right? So starting to create your day in a way that feels the way you want it to feel. So if we, but when you start creating more of a honoring of your time and energy and thinking about keeping yourself nourished, it just starts to shift even with that awareness. Now you do have a book that you're, are you currently writing or is it currently in the process of coming out? I am currently finishing up the manuscript. So it'll be out in 2023. And when does it have a name and title yet? So at this point, the working title is Permission to Nourish. So it'll have a lot of this information in it, it along will. with some more of the acronym of NOURISH. Exactly. And in every single section, there are integration practices that we mm-hmm. can sustainably, practically put into place right? Because parents, people already have full plates. So we want to find those really yeah, functional ways that we can be nourishing ourselves more each day, right? The power of the pause is huge. Whether it's you're filling your water bottle, you're at, you're brushing your teeth, you're at the stoplight, right? Looking at it as an opportunity to listen to a fantastic song, to take five breaths, Mm -hmm. to, right, say something nice to yourself, whatever it is, right? We just have these opportunities and windows that we can take advantage of once we start looking for them. So a new thing I have started doing also, because I, like your client, do not enjoy any sort of household work Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. I've come down to, I could do one thing a day (laughs) and that's all. But, you know, dishes, you know, they accumulate and it is one of my things I look and I'm like, oh, it will withdraw like multiple (laughs) 
<laughs> deposits. And what I started doing is playing loud music. And when I say loud, I mean loud. The whole household hears. And I karaoke while doing my dishes. And for some reason, that's so much fun. Now, not great for the rest of the household, but they know I'm doing dishes, which I I like to get points for like actually doing them. So they know I'm doing it. And I'm having a good time. So that is one thing that turned into a deposit for me. Right. And that's it. Way to go, Lisa. So Thank you. Right. Like, but you know that you, you enjoy music, right? Mm-hmm. So if music is on your nourishing deposit list, you can go, oh, where can I combine one of those deposits with one of my withdrawals? Like if scrubbing the tub is something that you hate, hey, oh, that's me. Um, yeah. It's uh, not like that one either. Yes. You know, then I've listened to an audiobook or a podcast or really yeah. fun music that I can like scrub to the beat. Um, yeah. I also have now, through discernment, not enjoying housework as much, you know, I saved up actual dollars and have someone clean the house once a month. Yes, yes. My, my love language is acts of service. So yes. I made an act of service happen. And it makes me so happy. (laughs) I'm going to ask you, because I'm asking all my guests, what has been your favorite parenting resource? I mean, I've really learned so much from working where we worked, right, at the hospital and having all of those pediatric therapists there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there are a lot of parenting resources. I actually have read... And I won't say her, Dr. Shafali, the conscious parenting book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really appreciated that book. And I've heard her speak in person at an mm-hmm. event. And so, you know, there are quite a few books and friends, right? Being able to talk to like-minded parents is so helpful. So helpful. Be able to brainstorm and feel that community and connection and not alone. Fabulous, right? Yeah. That's priceless. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think my just friend mom group was so important to me for my parenting resources and still is and still is. So, but thank you for coming on the show today. I just, I love what you're doing with the word nourish. I'm excited for your book to come out, which you said around 2023 did you say yes that's correct yeah but this has been so enlightening as usual you just have such a great way of explaining things having just do just so calm and it's just I'm excited to try some of these things I'm going to actually take my calendar out for tomorrow and look at my deposits and my withdrawals and see, make sure that I am coming more positive than negative. Thank you so much for inviting me, Lisa. This has been fun. Thank you for listening to this episode. Melissa has given us some incredible tools that we can use to keep us from feeling depleted. Melissa has included a free boundary setting guide, which you can access through the link in our show notes. Come join us on our Real Life Moms Facebook group where we can continue to support one another. And don't forget to keep making nourishing deposits into your emotional bank account so you don't feel withdrawn.